Grab yourself a cup of coffee. Got myself a cup of cup of Joe to uh, raise the octave of my voice. To welcome the new day. Mm-hmm. It's part of the ritual for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I'd do without it. I don't know what you're doing over there without it. <laughs> I uh got your lemon tea. Got your lemon ginger tea. <laughs> yeah, I do. I got a spot of tea. Got a spot of tea. Oh yeah. my goodness. We're gonna take my daughter to tea for her birthday. Oh, cool. Tea house, like a full on British tea house. Wow. You gotta dress up actually... and everything. Do you know how to tuck your shirt in? I don't I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> just just apply that to any question like that. Do you know how to tie a tie? What's a tie? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said the same word twice. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. Do a wind's a knot. Well, we do officially go back into reality, real world, whatever we want to call say it. Rehab, yeah. Yeah, it could, it could, could be rehab. It could be. But when we do actually go to that and we start to have to wear office wear, it's going to feel so weird. Like, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I think that's changed. I think sweats at work is a thing. Sweats at work better be a thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is that the worst name for any pair of clothing <laughs> ever? Ugh. Probably. I mean, I have a pair of nice, fancy dress sweats. We need a new name. We need a new name. Architects can name this in a much better way. But sweats? Really? Yeah. Leisure pants. These are the pants in which you sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Bring your sweat to work day. Uh, (laughs) Terrible. Uh, I I think architecture is already built on bringing your sweat to work. Yeah, yeah. Built on the backs of bringing your sweat to work. So how about them gas prices, huh? Uh, What's the deal with that? Not only gas prices, but gas shortage. Availability, yeah. Um, Non-availability. So I went for a hike. Not really think, you know, to be quite honest with you, I wasn't thinking too much of it sure. un- until I started to see, you know, everybody's posts about, oh my gosh, and, you know, people like going out and doing the exact same thing as they did with toilet paper and they're hoarding gas where people are getting in line with cans and cans, you know, and they're filling up their cars and they're filling up their cans and mm-hmm. you know, it gets to that last drop. And then they look back at the, the person that they just kind of like short sheeted and said, eh? Too yeah, bad for yeah. you. It's all about me. Yep. Yeah. Don't care about you. And and so I, I went for a morning hike today. With, and as I was, so then it dawned on me, oh, sh- I need gas <laughs> when I drove past my normal gas station. Mm-hmm. And there's a line of at least 30 plus cars per pump. And there's eight pumps. So do the quick multiplication. Mm-hmm. A lot of cars out there waiting for gas. Uh, on the on the fly, yeah. that's two hundred and forty cars, two hundred forty yeah. vehicles, probably waiting. sitting there engine engine idling as well. A- engine idling <laughs> because because like if you are on your phone with the engine off, someone's going to swoop in in front of you if you're not like oh, yeah, on yeah. it, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and and it's what so weird too ridiculous. because this is one of those that you know you you can enter from either side, and so they've got you know mapped out where there's like actual lanes it's just like you people coming from that side 
go to these lanes. People coming from this side, go to those lanes. And of course, it's a big cluster. Yeah, totally. Totally. Fudge. Yeah, I've been, I've been in those lanes. Like, that's normal, getting gas in California at Costco in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that is it. It's always like that. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And so I was like, okay, well, obviously not going to that one. I mean, I just kept on driving to my hike spot. <laughs> like, if and, I stop there, I'll never hike. Well, true. Exactly. And so then I drove past two others uh-huh. and, you know, they had their signs up or, or they basically had like, you know, the they had the red red mm-hmm. baggie over the handle and cones basically cordoning off the. And then I'm like, OK, so I do my hike. I start driving back and drive past those two barren stations and went back past the other one, which was my my normal stop, you know, because I get gas points and, you know, from grocery shopping and right uh, like got a dollar off it, it, i don't think it's going to even help me if even if i have like a dollar off right now because you know the gas prices are at like 430 now that's what they are here yeah. thanks thanks I guys know. thanks east coast yeah <laughs> and so and so then i go to this other one which is usually normally a, a higher priced gas station and i always the only time i ever go there and it's the closest one to me the only time i ever go there is when i'm like I can't even, I don't even have enough gas to get to like my normal spot. Right. And they of course have the no gas, sorry, no gas sign like up. The only thing is, is that you don't see it until you turn in. So if you don't have gas, just turn your, uh, your signage off. It's free parking. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just turn your signage off and let it, you know, let people know in advance that you have no gas. Right. So, uh, I was chatting with my wife because she was just like you know i mean i had like i've my range counter says that i've got 61 miles of gas which is a lie which is a lie as we all know and then of course hers has a smaller tank and it's got probably roughly around the same mileage uh, range right now and she's like well what are we going to do i'm like well you know push comes to shove you know one of these cars that have basically been sitting here for the past year that we haven't driven one of them has a full tank and that's 21 gallons right there so yeah you probably gotta get that car moving too you gotta stir that stuff up oh I, no i've i've started it you okay. know on numerous occasions and let it run and you might want to go that jostle it so. around a little yeah well you know it, it might not be in there much longer because you i'm siphon on you gotta pump it out I'm, Exactly. I'm sitting on 21 gallons of gold. You're sitting on a gold mine right there. Exactly. (laughs) You guys think think that the the plywood situation and just, you know, the regular (laughs) construction wood situation is right now? Oh, my gosh. Jeez. All those EV owners are just, like, grinning (laughs) smugly (laughs) as if they they needed more fuel for that fire, but don't bump. Yeah. Well. Tesla fanatics are pretty stop proud making, right now stop building ugly cars and i might <laughs> to buy they, one. yeah there's a lot of ugly evs out there that's for sure oh I, and i'm i'm sure i'm going to burn a few bridges when i make this comment but there is nothing zero nothing visually appealing to a tesla it is an ugly car that they basically have said okay well we need a an SUV version of it. We need a small version. We need a big version. We need a roadster version. And so they basically took the same car, put it on a stretcher, and kind of like, it's like taffy. And they pulled it in every which way, and it's still an ugly car. What's Sorry, the Tesla. What's the command in Rhino? It's like box mesh or something like that. Yeah, exactly. They just, they just kind of squished and squashed it. and pulled. and yeah. 
<laughs> so I've got no love for them. I'm just waiting for here. I'm just going to throw some more fuel that I don't <laughs> have because we don't have any on the fire. I'm just waiting for the new Hummer to come out. Mm. So you're a box man. Which it is all electric. So don't come yelling at me. You're like, how dare you say Hummer? Yeah, it's a it's a faux pas. You can't own can't own one of those. Oh man, I'll I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think it's actually hilarious that General Motors put out the Hummer originally as a big monstrous gas pollutant nightmare, and then it went away. And everybody felt better about themselves. So say, at least we got rid of the Hummer. Now the Hummer's coming back. But it's just like, ah, but you can't hate me now because I'm all electric. <laughs> yeah. Can't hate me now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, I, I, I feel like I want one just out of spite. Yeah. I, I'm not going to own one because it's ungodlyly expensive. Yeah. Is uncut lately a hey word? It is. It is now. It is now. It's in podcast but, canon. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, until Disney buys us and then they might rewrite it and say, none of these existed before. So, it's all of culture right now, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That never happened. Look over here. So, so you've, been sw- you've been swinging a hammer. I've been I've been shoving a shovel, <laughs> shoving a shovel, swinging a hammer, doing yeah, all sorts of things. Oh man, I've been I have my back is is dying. My boy and I are digging trenches and holes for foundations at this point, and uh, otherwise I've just been ordering and stocking up on crazy expensive building supplies so that I can build the deck. But just trying to finish the backyard before uh it gets too hot out here and it's actually you know the weather's actually staying pretty nice but i don't have long until it becomes unbearable so the the deck project is underway and yet yesterday the day before i found all the rocks in my town they're all buried in my backyard exactly (laughs) all Uh, of them i'm pretty sure i found the dumping spot from when they dug the the foundations originally for the house because mm. yeah, just an impossible number of small boulders that stop shovels and pickaxes in their tracks. So a lot of time down on hands and knees, just pulling rocks out of the ground uh, doesn't doesn't make things go faster. Doesn't help the back situation. There's so no. many things wrong with it. So so yeah, it's it's a definitely an exercise in futility as far as the rocks go. But other than that, you know, the design went quickly the ordering process went quickly the the supplies actually showed up really fast and so now it's just like okay what's the right sequence of events how do i get this thing leveled you know when you're dealing with inside a room doing remodeling and stuff and i learned i learned that this next statement is not true but it's pretty square right (laughs) right (laughs) it's pretty square and outside you know we've got We've got natural terrain to deal with and leveling and squaring things off of existing structures and, you know, tape measures and stuff. It's just, it's just a new game, new ball game, something I'm not used to. And it's, it's an exercise for sure. Opportunity to buy new tools, like a laser level. 
360 mm. degree laser level that that levels in multiple directions at once which i wish i had when i did this remodel i actually borrowed one from a friend for a piece of it at the end and it was amazing so i i that was my order yesterday was a laser level so that i can which is surprisingly difficult to find for some to use outdoors indoors is one thing low light situations right. is fine you can go with right. a cheaper one but outdoors you gotta you gotta probably i got probably have to wait till the sun goes down to use it but um yeah I, i'm excited about that because you know using a string level which is i've got a four foot level i've got a two foot level i've got a string level i've got various squares and things but i don't think any of mm. those compare to the modern technology of a laser level a 360 degree laser level so the question would be is how much more usage are you going to get out of it? Yeah, that is the question. <laughs> I'm going to use it for everything. I'm going to hang pictures. <laughs> I'm going to level all of our dinners. I'm going to I'm going to put up some uh some chair rails and yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> you hate it. Say, you are not going to put up any chair rails. Nope, I'm not. I am not. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, there's so much opportunity out there to use this. Actually, what it'll be is just when somebody needs it, they know where to find it. They can come ask and borrow it. it just runs off a couple AA batteries. See, so at least you're going to be the guy. I am the, that, the like, tool rental, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I've seen your garage and you got tools and I'm sure it's just grown since then. I try to be as... as yeah, the, what's the previous tool that I bought? Actually, I bought another tool yesterday. I have to come clean. <laughs> I bought a joist, a pneumatic joist nailer, a palm nailer. Have you Ooh. heard of? Have you seen a palm yeah, nailer I, before? I, I have totally seen them. Yes, I had never seen these before, and so this was like I, I saw it in a YouTube video. I was like, "Ooh, what's that?" <laughs> <laughs> I need okay. to keep you off of YouTube. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. But, well, I, I just went for the cheapo Harbor Freight version because I know I'm not going to get a lot of use out of this thing. Um, but it is it looks amazing for nailing in tight spaces, and it's pretty cool. It works with any nail that you want to put into the, a wall or into a joist hanger, for instance. But mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure the tip of it's magnetic, so you just kind of pop a nail on and line it up and and go. And right. uh, that looks really cool. And so it's just these tight. So for for those listening who've never seen one of these before, like me. Uh, two days ago, um, I was this many days old when I learned about <laughs> palm nailers. Was it's 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 like this thing that you fit in your hand, kind of like a, a orbital sander, but smaller. And it's mm-hmm. got a it looks like a ratchet tip on it, but I assume that's just the magnet kind of holder. And it just does these super fast, super tiny pneumatic punches because so it's hooked up to an air canister and. And it just drives a nail in super fast, um, but in with very small strokes. So you don't, you just hold it onto the nail and it just like zips it magically into the surface that you're putting it into. So I'm, I'm excited to try that thing out. And then zips previous, it yeah, it zips in the nails. And then previous to that, I bought a, a, uh, basically like a roto hammer, kind of a drill, a, a driver drill so that I could drill into CMU and concrete much, you know, an impact drill. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had one of those. And again, I went for the Harbor Freight version because it's going to be very minimally used, but we've got our whole house is surrounded by CMU walls and we want to grow vines and 
put various, you know, attachments to the wall so that we can get stuff up onto the walls and cover it up because it's horrid. And um, so I, I bought one of those to put in the expandable anchors, expansion anchors into the wall, stuff like that. And that was amazing because before that I was just using a power drill and it's just like, it's a terrible process to drill into anything concrete, <laughs> right? And this thing, it just, yeah. it's, it is magical. It's just like hammers right into it while it's drilling and it's, you're done in no time. So it saves your back, it saves your arms, it saves, it saves your, your regular drill for its regular uses. You don't burn it out. Right. Well, so those are my tool purchases in the last, I don't know. Six months, probably. Yeah, most of mine have all been automotive tools. Yeah. So I haven't done much around the house. Probably a bad thing. Probably I remember before to, uh, you were borrowing your tools. Yeah, I'll just FedEx them to you. <laughs> Save the planet. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. Uh, I think yeah. Last time you were doing something on your, you were you were scraping and painting. You were, yeah. Which that continual will, process that will be coming soon again. Yeah, probably the same same location. I need to do that too. My house is due for a paint job. That's a, this is Our, the thing about owning a house. It's just it's just continual maintenance. So think about yeah. that. You know, for those of you out there thinking it's all bliss owning a house, getting that investment going. Oh my gosh. It's just one project after another, never ending. What's yeah. going on in the yeah. architecture world? Uh, What's your schedule? Well, Nothing lighten up at all? I have slept, and that, that that's good. Um, has it lightened up? No, no, but getting more staff on, making sure you know that we, we get everything going. The schedule itself, no. And it, Honestly, now that the other project is wrapping up bidding, I see schedule is going to be even worse. Oh, great. <laughs> how yes. how worse can it get? Yeah. The uh the episode this can end well. Mm-hmm. Um we'll we'll see if I can go even deeper than that. Now, I mean, you know, and we've we've got, you know, a guy who was you know, kind of like the the primary lead on the other project that's about to start construction just went on maternity leave. And uh, so I've got to kind of step back into that one a little bit and and help kind of shepherd that through the, per, you know, the final permitting process as well as the final bidding process, which is in two weeks. So, mm. you know, well, and then of course the other project, the, we have a big, massive presentation that's basically going to, we've got to nail it. It's got to be perfect or they don't approve funding to continue on. Mm. So mm. no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. No <laughs> pressure at all. Jeez. Wow. So what is the bidding climate right now? You know, I am worried. Um, because of well now even even more so because you know we've got this you know temporary fuel shortage but the the problem is is that even with it temporary um you know now that that pipeline is is open backed up is that there's a hiccup in the supply chain mm-hmm. and 
lagging. So with that, yeah. So so there's going to be issues with, you know, now it's going to be like a week, say two weeks worth of of a lag. Well, everybody's got to make up that two weeks, and so everybody in the area who's you know making that lag up is going to basically be begging for. I'm the priority. Get you know, get all of this material out to me first. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and, and then if they start to, to divert anything, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be madness. Um, you know, so that I don't even think that that's something that we've started to talk about. And and then just you know, the 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 wood prices have also affected other prices because as people yeah. are looking for alternatives, right, for wood, they're also you know like. Like, ooh, you know, and I think we talked about this. It's like, ooh, I think, you know, I might do this in metal stud. Well, you know, I've got 600 plus thousand square feet of metal stud that's going to be going into this building. And if there's a shortage or anything like that or a delay in delivery, that's going to certainly affect a bidding climate. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know yet. Check back with me in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And we can have a little bit more discussion on where we were tracking this project up until uh, up until it went out to bid mm-hmm. and then what the actual bids are going to come in and, and see if there's any issues there. I mean, we're, we're kind of hoping that, you know, people uh, haven't had a lot. I really have not had a lot of uh, requests for substitutions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if they're going with all of the basis of design stuff, that's a little unnerving in its own right because it's interesting, right? Because it is like, it's going to cost what it's going to cost. And those prices do fluctuate wildly, right? Like what we're seeing now and zero control over that and redesign based on swaps is a huge time consuming effort and um, not necessarily even one of those things that's going to work out in the end, right? Like just because you're swapping out one thing for another doesn't mean that that it's going to be a lot better, right? You're going to, so, so this is like an interesting issue in the building industry in general, right? It's just the inability to control all of this stuff throughout an extremely long design process and then through bidding and permit and all those things in between. Just it's, this is why people don't want to use architects right? because they're not buying the thing at the end. They're buying that process and that uncertainty and that risk all the way through the whole thing. And it's not like they're actively saying, I don't want to use architects because of all that. But this is these are some of the big reasons why, because they're sinking, you know, in the residential market, they're sinking their life savings into this right. or in, investing it. I shouldn't say sinking, but. They're investing their life savings to do this one thing. They're one, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would, I'm generalizing, but that's typically what it is. Like they're going to build one house, right? Um, there aren't that many like serial builders in the residential, you know, single family home. You know, this is my family. We're not going to build 10 houses. We're not going to build 20 houses. We're going to do, we're going to do one. And man, what an unnerving process to go through when it's like, this is all the money I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So instead it's like, I'm just going to buy this, this commodity. I'm going to buy this tract house. I'm going to, it's, it's just so much easier to wrap your head around that kind of a thing and kind of understand what you're signing up for. Right. It does seem like there's a lot of opportunity there for 
challenging the status quo when it comes to how these things are delivered. There, there are some companies out there who, like, I don't know if you've seen this, um, Hiarch, Hiarch.com, put a link to it in the show notes, but in fact, I should pull it up right now because I don't want to speak out of turn, but it's, it's really interesting what they're, it's kind of like the old school plan book of when I was a kid, right? It was like that thing that I wanted to go thumb through and, and draw floor plans. And I would just geek out on looking at floor plans, but they say concept to construction in days, not months. And it's really interesting because this team is building a technology platform that lets you kind of go in and customize and swap it. It is kind of like getting a builder home, but on steroids because it's updating in front of your eyes. So it's, and and it's not as simple as like that, turning that third car garage into an office (laughs) or, or uh, a nursery. It's more like you can customize everything throughout the entire house and it does plans, takeoffs. It gives you the full 3D. It gives you construction documents, right? And then you take that. That's why they're saying days, not months, because like they're cutting the design process out. They're cutting the architect part out. Um, and it's Great. probably architects who are actually making this tool because it's like, like, like we just talked about that current process. There's so much uncertainty into it that people aren't using it, right? So, so how can we actually build a tool that kind of takes the uncertainty out of it and actually has prices equipped right into the tool, um, not construction prices, but you know, mm. it's interesting to think about how, again, I think this goes back to the the thing that like things are changing, whether you like it or not, whether you're along for the ride or right. not. Yeah. I'm not saying we have to like it. I'm just saying it's happening. Right. Kind of a, a crazy, yeah, you should definitely check it out because this is the kind of thing that, is going to disrupt some segment of the market or is disrupting some segment and changing the perception around what it takes to do, to build a quote unquote custom house. Jeez. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Jeez. I'm just watching. I, I'm, I'm watching. Watching your life. Path I'm watching the video. Time. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching the video and wow, this is, dude, I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> I just watched it, you know, it's where it's like they, you know, it's almost like they grab the grips and it's just like, oh, I'd like to move this wall out a little bit more. Right. Okay. And they like drag the wall out and things change, you know, and, and it's just, uh, man, mm-hmm. I just now feel obsolete. I, <laughs> I watched this one landing page on a website and now, yeah, I, that, that is, it's so interesting, right? To think about uh, how quickly things are moving now and there's a lot of money there's a lot of capital out there trying right. to land in places like this where there here's an idea let's see how far we can push this um pretty pretty interesting stuff yeah 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 <laughs> yep sorry to bring you down man <laughs> but like this is the kind of this this honestly this is the kind of thing that architecture firms could be doing but you know this well, this is building on should be doing well could and should but but aren't right it's right the, these are their team is is a united states based team for the most part right and i i'm not saying that because i'm just saying like this isn't somebody else hasn't figured this out in another country and is bringing it here like it's the ceo is in durham right. north carolina and the co-founder is in san francisco right and so it's like it's just an they're coming in from the new generation of architects and builders 
to create that they've seen the broken system and they're like oh okay what are we going to do about it right and i think this just builds upon past discussions around architects are so heads down in the feeding the machine right which we talked about but also just blinders on do what i do faster do what i already have always done a little bit faster and kind of sharpen the pencil more and more and more. And somebody else is coming in. And they're not trying to steal your clients, Formic, right? They're not trying to steal my right. clients. They're just like, there's another set of clients out there. And we're going to build what they want, what they ask for. It's interesting to think about. Because it doesn't follow the traditional business models. It doesn't follow the traditional risk models. It doesn't follow the traditional finance models. It's like, it's different. It, yeah, so so I follow the link of their CEO that you know takes you to uh, his LinkedIn page, and I'm looking at a lot of the experience that this you know CEO has, and you know he's a Harvard GSD grad, mm-hmm. and he's done a lot of like you know production, <laughs> kind of responsible for designing and prototyping and and so i mean it it almost makes sense that you know you have that mindset of like thinking about how to do a quick delivery method of it it, it's it's kind of amazing and and, you know that these are architects Mm -hmm. that that you know did this i mean you know the the other co-founder you know he's spent a lot of his career, you know, graduate with architecture degrees, but sent, you know, spent a lot of his career in, you know, design technology experience, uh, you know, worked at, you know, worked at Autodesk in, you know, research and development side of things and stuff. I mean, and it makes sense to, you know, basically bring, bringing in technology to kind of automate some of the, some of these process. Now, you know, I mean, is it tailor-made? Who knows? I mean, it would be interesting to kind of like just talk to these guys about, you know, the concept. And, and really, it's just like they, as we've talked in the past, it's like finding this need in the market that architects seem to be reluctant to, you know, like pursue. Right. And and so they say, okay, fine. You're not going to do it. We, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think it's time to reach out, have a little chat with these fellas. Because mm-hmm. it, it really is kind of an interesting concept. A depressing concept, <laughs> at, you know, from the traditional architect's side of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, what's interesting to me is, so I'm trying to think, my wife said something to me yesterday, and I said, and the I can't remember what the subject was now, which is lame of me, but the the analogy that I thought of was, well, that's like saying let's go draw up a set of buildings with pencil and paper. It was, it was an analogy like that where it's like, we are never going to go right. do that. We're never going to do it like that again. Hmm. Right. And right. that's what I, I think basically what happens with companies like this is like, they hold a funeral for the way things were and then they don't think about it ever again. Hmm. And let's build something new. And I, I feel yeah. like our, because our profession has been around for so long and is so entrenched in the way we do things, you know, in the famous podcasting air quotes, 
is we're and we're so attached to the nostalgia of the way things were the older generations i don't think the new generations are because they don't they grew up with tech they grew up with technology in their hands they right it's just very different it's a very different outlook they're very much like well what are we going to do about this we're going to we're going to make it better we're going to make it what we want it to be but i think there's such a firm grasp on that nostalgia for the way that things were and the the, the simplistic nature of delivering a, a set of you know, drawings that was 10 sheets instead of a thousand sheets, right? Yeah. And the complexity that, that technology has brought along with some of the efficiencies, right? But there's a lot of complexity that's been added for, for no greater benefit on, on our side of the equation, it seems, because people aren't fully utilizing it anyway, that it's like, we're stuck, we're just totally stuck. And so that's why these companies come along and they're like, screw it. I'm not going to be stuck like you. Why would I want to inherit that? Right. I, I want to make it something that I want to be a part of. And I think, I think that's what a lot of firms don't really get is that they're modeling leadership that people are not interested in inheriting. Right. <laughs> that's, that's great. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but you're right. You know, when we talk about like, oh, the, you know, the good old days or lament about, you know, we, we were, we were going through this complicated set of tasks that we need to employ on this particular project. And I'm sitting back there and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, why is it so hard now? I mean, we've got all this technology that can help automate some of these things, but you know, it takes, like I could draw it out by hand in a shorter time frame than it yeah. would be to just like implement the, like all of the tasks to then ultimately get to that mm -hmm. end product. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and kind of, you know, lamenting on like the nostalgia part of things and then thinking to myself, you know, to be quite honest with you though, I shouldn't be thinking about, you know, oh, the quicker way to do it, but, you know, ultimately thinking about how, I mean, right now, nobody understands how to do it. And that's why, it's, you know, it seems to be a, you know, a laborious task. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, once everybody understands this, I mean, the efficiencies that will be will be gained from future implementation of all of this will far exceed like, you know, my nice little sharpened pencil. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why it's worth kind of like the sweat equity now, the brain equity now to get past these stages because it's all new. I mean, it, you know, all of these different technologies i'm sure that you know this high arc didn't just you know out of the blue come up with ooh, you could just do this 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 and this and boom you know quick and easy that you know they went through the sweat equity and brain equity to get something you know to be able to automate some of that stuff and so right, right. it really is getting to that point of being able to understand you know where do we want to go with all of this you know what is our future and then reverse you know, engineer you, it right it's like we're, reverse, we're do, exactly you can't you and and this is something that that a colleague of mine has said and it, it really hit home was if you don't know where you're going you'll never get there you have to start with the end in mind right and then figure right. out how you are going to get there if you change your mind along the way fine you don't have to be married to right. it right but you've got to know where you're going to get there and there's so much experience that I have of nobody knows where we're going. And so then it just becomes like, well, we're just going to keep checking off the same boxes because that's what mm -hmm. we know how to do 
because we don't it's it's just busy work at that point it's not strategic it's not long-term thinking it's just very much like well what do i need to do today to get today over with right and and i get it like that that's real life too but you've got to at least identify some somebody or some team in your company to be doing that stuff and enabling them to do it because if you don't like you just won't be around in the future right right and that that is a that there's a scary reality that people 100% need to deal with yesterday right it, this is the kind of thing that there is no way to f- implement this later you, <laughs> like i don't know the, a better way to say that right it's like mm-hmm. you've got to have already started doing this and the longer you wait the worse it gets and that that's why you see stuff like this and it and it does it is kind of take your breath away and it does kind of like give you that sinking feeling and it's like well yeah there there maybe this isn't the answer of course it's not the answer this is a huge profession it does tons and tons of things and it and all we're talking about here is one little slice but that's that's how it starts like that's all you can do is actually just bite off one little tiny slice and then innovate on that and see where it goes and if it doesn't go where you want you change it but if you're not doing that, if you're not taking any bites at all, like, yeah, you're, you are going to starve to death, you know? Right, right. It's, it's interesting stuff. So, so those gas prices, huh? 